Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Happy Sunday, fun day, White Sox fans. Welcome in to the Sox on Tap postgame show. Johnny Nani here with NWI Steve, breaking down a pair of White Sox winners. Steve, uh, I guess good things come in pairs. Hey, yo, Johnny. To quote Nuke Lelouch from the classic movie Bull Durham, I like winning. It's like a lot better than losing, and nothing is better than winning. Nothing's better than winning a game on Sunday, but winning two. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, the uh, rain, excuse me, snow out, not rain out on Friday caused this double header uh, to be played here. So uh, a lot of storylines and uh, an overall successful day for the White Sox. We'll get into all of that. Uh, but before we do, listeners, make sure you are going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find us on Twitter at SoxOnTap and the main account at ontapsportsnet uh, for all your Chicago White Sox and Chicago sports merchandising needs. You can go check out Grandstand Socks. Follow them on social media at Grandstand Socks, or you can shop virtually online at GrandstandSocks.com. They've got all of your South Side needs covered right there at Grandstand. All right, Steve, let's get in. Uh, just get right into the first game here. Uh, we got uh, Dallas Keuchel taking the mound here. Um, White Sox would take home this one uh, three to two. A little bit of a uh, close game. Had some opportunities to blow it open more, but uh, just initial thoughts here, takeaways from the first game. Initial thoughts. Um, nice to see Timmy jump out in that very first pitch, give the Sox a lead right on the outset here to uh, help Diamond Dallas there. And this was really the first time this season here that Dallas went out and showed the type of pitcher that he is. He was really aggressive, pounding the ball in the strike zone, getting a lot of ground balls um, up until that fifth inning when things kind of started to go awry a little bit. But this was the Dallas Keuchel that we have been accustomed to seeing last season here, and it was nice to finally see him emerge here in 2021. Yeah, so uh, eight ground outs for Dallas Keuchel today. Um, that was you know over half the outs then uh, because what he went five, so uh, he got you know uh, 15 outs there. So um, yeah, I agree. But until that, you know, kind of. Uh, Slipped away from a little bit, uh, but still not too, too much damage. So I think we can live with that. And that's a good building block for Dallas Keuchel, especially uh, like you mentioned, after having a little bit of struggles uh, earlier on in the season. So solid outing for Diamond Dallas there. Let's get into the scoring. Like you'd mentioned, Tim Anderson uh, setting the tone for the day, really, not just this game, Steve, uh, with a leadoff home run. Yeah, first pitch of the game, Timmy looking to go out there, set the tone against the against a young pitcher, Tanner Houck, um, who who was really pounding the strike zone himself and, and being very aggressive. And and the Sox seemed to have an approach uh, very different from what we saw yesterday in the ball game. They were they were going at pitches in the strike zone uh, pretty early there, weren't working too many deep counts. Um, Hawk was, like I said, in the strike zone with, with regularity, and Timmy just jumped on that first pitch, and that was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of spark that we've missed from Tim Anderson uh, while he was on the injured list. So good to see him back, and good to see him back to doing it normal Tim Anderson things, which we've been so accustomed to uh, since the 2019 season. So uh, that put the Sox up 1-0 in the very top of the first, like we said, first pitch of the game. Um, and after that, 
Um, we would go into the top of the fourth when the next scoring happened. Um, and the White Sox could have had more here. Steve, frankly, they should have had more in this inning. But uh, running it down how it happened, uh, Brayu hits a one-out single. Um, Mercedes uh, strikes out then, and Grandal uh, finally comes through uh, in the lineup, finally. Again. Um, and he hits a uh, two, uh, excuse me, he hits a double off the monster in a left center field uh, to make this 2-0 White Sox. Unfortunately, Luis Robert pops out uh, right after that. Um, I guess this was not, I, I was jumping ahead of myself a little bit, uh, opportunities later, so I guess the, the one run here, I could live with there, but uh, good to see Yes going here uh, with Narbad double. Always nice to see your pick to click come through in a, in a clutch spot, especially when it's a guy that you are hopeful is going to be in the lineup that you never really know. Is he going to be in? Um, I, I was, you know, talking with Buzz about this yesterday on, on the postgame show. I thought and I anticipated he would be in there for this first game. But the way things have gone here to this point in 2021, it's really been just kind of a coin flip. So great, great to see Yaz finally make some some positive contribute as, as they would say in hockey parlance <laughs> yeah no absolutely so uh that, that put the White Sox up 2-0 here in the top of the fourth uh the Red Sox would get a run back in the bottom of the fourth uh Martinez hits a one-out single uh Bogart's ground out Devers with the single right after him and then uh Hunter Renfro hits a RBI infield single on a high chopper uh kind of a tough play for Yoan. only chance he had was with the bare hand so kind of hard to really gripe on that sure it sucks when you see the ball kind of kick around after that uh behind Behind him there, uh, behind the bag at third. Uh, but either way, the Red Sox would get uh, one run back here on this one. And luckily, um, it's not the White Sox doing some kind of, uh, you know, me- mental mistakes uh, that cost them. They're, you know, getting help because of someone else's mental mistakes. And that was Renfro uh, off the bag in between first and second. And Rafael Devers not figuring out a way to score for some reason on that play. This was really interesting here because as as you go back and if you watch the replay of this game, the camera angle was actually uh, zoomed in on Yasmani Grandal's fingers. They're watching for the sequencing and watching for the pitches, and he kept giving the thumb. And and for those of you that you know aren't really familiar with some of the signals that are used frequently in baseball, that thumb is often used for a pickoff attempt to first base right there. So Yaz obviously saw something in his mind there or, or, or saw something in, in his field of vision that said, hey, they're, they're going to try something here. Go to first base. Let's get him caught up right there. So that's just Yaz being in tune in the game. And I thought that was a very pivotal moment right there because the Red Sox had the tying run on third base right there in, in that spot. You mentioned they got a run on on really just an unfortunate bounce and, and, a, and a ball that had some backspin that Yoan uh, tried to barehand, wasn't able to do it. But Yaz being, being in the game right there, and that's just being a savvy veteran right there, knowing, hey, this is a spot go give me your best pickoff move and let's get a guy and let's get the hell out of this inning. Yeah, absolutely. And it worked out, worked to perfection. So uh, I agree with you on yes, a heads up play there by him uh, calling for that pickoff. And then obviously uh, thank you to Rafael Devers for um, not going home because you would still score. Even if they made the out at second there, as long as you touched the plate before that's the rule you would score and that would be a tie game there. But either way, Rafael Devers mental mistake keeps the Red Sox down two to one at this point. Uh, we get into the uh, top of the fifth inning and the White Sox uh, would tack on once more. Uh, Lamb with his first uh, White Sox hit playing left field in this first game. Uh, then Lurie pops out on a bunt. Uh, never bunt is my only comment there. What the hell are you doing, Lurie? Um, after that, uh, Timmy uh, su- shoots a uh, single up the middle, a hit off of the pitcher's leg, make it first and third there for the Sox. Eaton strikes out, but then Yoan Moncada coming through. Big spot, two out, RBI single, makes it 3-1. Abreu would ground out to end the inning. But, hey, Steve, finally, you've been calling for it, asking for it, harping on it all this time. Runners in scoring position. White Sox finally come through. Thank you. Thanks to Yoan Mancata. 
Yeah, listen, John, Johnny, you love talking about being opportunistic out there, and this was a spot where this team needed it desperately, and especially coming from a guy like Yohan Mankata in the heart of the order, a guy that has had some struggles here to start the season off, to go out there, put together a quality at bat, and drive in that run. That hopefully could potentially be a springboard to help getting him on track here because this team desperately needs him to get going here, but really nice to see him come through on that spot. Yeah, and that was from the right side of the plate too, uh, should be noted, yep. so not, not, not his uh, usual strong side, but either way uh him getting it done um that, that's you know kind of it's been tough go uh overall for you on Makata. obviously when you just look at the straight up numbers uh average you know uh on base percentage uh slugging percentage all of that stuff so far but there have been a few like multi-hit games and then uh you know this one only one hit in, in this game but it came uh, at the best time possible so uh that was good because this would end up being the game winning run uh steve i know when tony and i are on here since we're kind of still in hockey season mode we always talk about game winning goals over at four feathers podcast we'll talk about game winning hits game winning runs Yohan Mankata, game-winning hit here. Uh, and, of course, this is in the top of the fifth. Um, as we get to the bottom of the sixth, uh, Red Sox would strike back for one more uh, with a Kike Hernandez, cheap Fenway home run down the line. But, hey, absolute that's just, garbage. That's the ballpark. I'm sure we'd be loving it if uh, someone just hit a poke out that should have been a fly out and, and it uh, counted for a run for us on the other side. So that's Fenway. That's, sometimes you're going to get that when you're playing at a uh, ballpark with those odd dimensions like that. So uh, that, that was it, though, for the extent of the scoring there. Uh, White Sox, uh, at that point, after the home run, uh, they would go to Aaron Bummer. Um, Verdugo hits a single, but then uh, Bummer rolls up Martinez into a uh, double play, and then uh, Bogart strikes out to end the inning. Um, you know, this was a, you know, despite Yohan Makati, he was only one for three. Obviously, we talked about the big hit, so th- that's good. But in the field, uh, he had a really solid game uh, in the first contest today, Steve. He, he really did, and you know, also want to give a shout out to Jose Abreu over at first base, making a couple of really nice picks over there to to um, finish off the back end, a couple of those double plays there. And we've, you know, as a group collectively here, really harped on the poor defense to this point in the season. Today was really the opposite of that. And, and really, this is kind of how the White Sox team drew this thing up um, at the start of the season is get quality starting pitching and get you to that back end of the bullpen, some good defense. And we really saw that today. And this first game was really no exception. And, And like you said, that really set the tone. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, you know, a solid day all around for Yohan, um, I'd say, especially in the first game uh, within the, uh, you know, other kind of game notes here. Um, obviously, you know, Keuchel uh, runs out of gas a little bit there um, after the fifth, but uh, hey, uh, good for him to get him to that point. And then seeing Bummer, too. I think that's big, too, uh, Steve, <clears throat> because Aaron Bummer hasn't gone as swimmingly as uh, many expected so far. But hey, we all know the stuff is nasty. We know we can get guys to roll over just like he did today. So good to see him uh, start starting to come back into the Aaron Bummer form that we all know and love. So um, I like to see that. Um, other than that, Liam Hendricks locks down a save here uh, in this one. Uh, nice to see only, you know, very little drama. I think there's only one single uh, interlaced in there. So uh, that was it. Uh, what are your final observations from game one? And then we'll get on to the second uh, half of this twin bill. That was just a very good, crisp ball game. Like I said, how, how this team has drawn it up. You get a good outing out of out of Dallas Keuchel. You get some timely hits. Bullpen does its job. And, and like you said, Aaron Bummer there, uh, nice quality bounce back outing. And Liam Hendricks nailing it down. That's how they draw it up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, we talk about uh, the graphics that they posted leading up to the season, close the door uh, with the uh, kind of Hendricks and Bummer interlaced on either side of it and, you know, looking all menacing with the faces and whatnot. Uh, that's what they did today. So that, that was in full effect. You love to see it. Close the door. Um, that is what happened. We'll close the door on game one there. Uh, once again, White Sox take that one three to two. Um, now we move on to game two uh, of this uh, Sunday 
uh, doubleheader, and it would be another White Sox winner uh, by a score of five to one. So uh, the big storyline here coming in. Unfortunately, Lance Lynn heads the IL. That was a bit of news that was interspersed there. So Zach Birdie gets the recall from uh, the uh, taxi squad alternate site, whatever they're calling it this year. Uh, but Michael Kopech gets the nod because they wanted to see how bullpenning played out in game one, how they would use that. And uh, Kopech was not used during that one, obviously. So uh, he gets a nod here. Uh, what do you like? What you didn't like for Michael Kopech today? A lot to like. <laughs> I, I liked pretty much all of it. Uh, this was very much what we have seen from Michael Kopech here uh, to this point in the 2021 season. Aside from he had a little bit of a rough outing this past Thursday against the Indians. Uh, just came out there again, was filling the strike zone, was utilizing that hot, that fastball up in the strike zone and up out of the strike zone to get swings and misses, complementing that with a nice, good, hard uh, slider and, and really playing those two off of each other, changing eye levels of the hitters and just had some really strong sequencing going there. He, he was really working pretty well with Zach Collins, commanding that fastball. This is, this is the guy that we all were hoping for. And I, I know that I had some doubts and I had some questions about whether or not he was going to be able to be this guy coming off the long laugh. He has answered those questions resoundingly to this point, and it has been just absolutely awesome to see. And you can just see the confidence is just really building with this guy right now. He feels like he can go out there and just take it and shove it up anybody's ass in the batter's box right now, and I love it. Elaborating on that last point, Steve, he has a level of tenacity and intensity that I'm going to get you out, that attitude, and that was on full display today. Uh, would he go uh, at least the first uh, nine? We're, we're straight up, straight down. So um, perfect through uh, that first time through the order. Uh, but overall from Kopech, uh, just a few notes on the start here. First time, I, I did, had to pull out the date calculation calculator here the date duration 956 days between mlb starts for michael kopech wild um obviously we all know the scenario with tommy john uh and then the opting out of 2020 and finally back here in, in the bullpen to start so that's what puts that length up there uh but i could not think of a better scenario in a you know double header uh, seven inning uh, game that's the best way to utilize michael kopech because even if he only goes you know what he did today the length uh, was it three uh, uh total it would end up being for Michael Kopech. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he totally he, obviously get three plus because he did get into that, uh, you know, fourth inning, but either way that gives you a good chunk of the game. Uh, just with the fewer innings there. So I, I like the uh, usage of Kopech uh, to start here. And like you mentioned, all the factors about him having that kind of uh, kick-ass mentality uh, on the mound that was on full display here today. Stuff was crisp. So uh, good to see that. Um, let's get into the scoring of this game. Uh, in the top of the first uh, white Sox would start off hot madrigal single, Robert singles, uh, Yohan Mankata singles uh, deflected off of Bogart's glove on that one uh and then unfortunately Bray grounds into a fielder's choice uh at second uh that would plate a run and that is all the White Sox would get because Yerman strikes out and Lurie uh flew out after that um you got to you know I know the White Sox ended up winning this game 5-1 and they would have another opportunity similar to this and they would only score one run during that opportunity as well um these just go back to the RISP issues that we have discussed at length, ad nauseum to this point here. Uh, but we're going to keep harping on it as long as they keep failing to execute properly. 100%. And it's funny because we were obviously in our in our group text chat uh, talking about this. I think we were all collectively ready to throw our TVs off of a balcony or, or you know, through a window, whatever you had nearby you after that first inning, you know, having the bases loaded, nobody out, only getting a run thanks to a 
ground ball fielder's choice. And it's particularly interesting for me looking at Jose Abreu in that particular spot because this is a guy that, you know, two years ago led the league in RBIs. Last year was the American League MVP. And this year, uh, he's very he's off to a very slow start and a very uncharacteristic start in a number of ways. If you look at his bad ball profile, this is something I'm digging a little bit deeper into. And I'm going to have a full article for everybody to view on ONTAP Sports uh, that should be out here by Tuesday. I want to get some of the uh, final data from the this last game in the Boston series. There's some really fascinating stuff going on, so be on the lookout for that. Yep, uh, I'll keep it stupid, stupid, simple. The uh, tongue twister there. Um, he's pounding, he's pounding the ball into the ground. That that is the uh, ultimate thing here, and obviously evidenced by grounding into double plays, grounding into fielders' choices here. So I'll leave it at that. White Sox should have had more in the first, but uh, they would get on the board again in the fourth, thanks to another German absolute bomb. Steve, when this guy hits it, it's only massive bombs. You you described it as absolutely nuked. I'd said massive bombs only. That. It, Every single time, it's extreme. Uh, you know, launch angle is good. The uh, exit velocity is always through the roof, uh, and the distances are impressive as hell. Listen, I don't know that your mean Mercedes is going to hit a cheap home run here in the 2021 season. Um, when when this guy swings, particularly when he is ahead in hitters counts. He swings to do damage, you know, and then he alters his approach. If he's behind an account, um, just looking to put, put the bat on the ball there. So he, he really kind of has two offensive approaches. But when this guy puts everything into this thing, man, he, he hits some absolute nukes. Uh, urinated uh, balls but the, he, he just destroys baseball so th- that's the bottom line there this was uh make it 2-0 in the top of the fourth for the white Sox here um it, it wouldn't be done though uh larry garcia with an infield single uh, that goes off the pitcher's glove so another little bit fortuitous bounce for the white Sox. uh andrew vaughn grounds out to move uh garcia to second collins strikes out but danny mendick uh will duck snort into center i uh, would have loved to hear hawk on the call for this one that <laughs> makes it 3-0 white Sox. um mendick moves to second on errant throw then uh, Vasquez trying to pick him off from the catcher position. Uh, and then Nikki Madrigal, little Nikki coming through with an RBI double. Obviously, it was kind of like single length, but he hustled it out, got to second, uh, makes it 4 0 White Sox here. Uh, Robert would line out to end that inning, but uh, I, I like this one. Um, you know, it kind of getting a little momentum, I think, a little juice on the bench from that Yerman home run. I mean, how can you not seeing the ball fly that hard and far? Um, and the rest of the guys uh, kind of, you know, uh, scrap together some runs uh, to give the White Sox a 4 0 lead here. Yeah, Johnny, listen, you talk, and again, we talk as a group about adding on runs when when you have an opportunity and, and trying to step on a team's neck when, when you've got a chance to put a game away. That's really what we saw in this particular inning here. Um, it, and it looked like it was going to kind of be the same old thing happening here, like they were going to waste another opportunity. And Danny Mendick, I've been talking about this, and I've been harping on this for a little while here, that, listen, somebody's got to step up and somebody's got to say, I've had enough of this bullshit. I'm going to be the one to get the job done and step up and do it. Danny Menick did that. Got a little bit of luck kind of hitting that ball into, into no man's land and some poor communication uh, between Verdugo and Kike Hernandez on, on that particular ball. And then Nick Madrigal coming through, adding in that fourth insurance run. And that's a huge run right there. And listen, I've been a guy, I've been very critical of Nick Madrigal 
Okay. I'm not going to shy away from that. I got to give Madrigal a lot of credit here for the way he played in this second game here today. Um, obviously getting things started in that first inning right there um, or earlier today. And then this, this big hit right here in this spot to really, in some ways that kind of put this game away right there. So really had a very positive day at the plate, made a lot of positive contributions out there. So really job well done today from uh, slappy. Yeah, I'd say he provided the backbreaker run of sorts. You know, you call it dagger in basketball. It's kind of a backbreaker, like you said, um, with Nick Madrigal's uh, RBI double there uh, to kind of really uh, put it even more out of reach there. Because three feels a little more attainable than four. If they feel like it feels like a bigger gap than one run uh, once you get up there, uh, especially with the way uh, White Sox pitchers uh, were throwing today. So um, in the bottom of the fourth, the Red Sox would get one back, though. Um, it was uh, Hernandez leading off with a walk. Verdugo singles, and this would mark the end for Michael Kopech on the day uh like we mentioned three innings for him uh one hit one run it was earned uh we'll get to how that came in here in a second uh one walk four strikeouts so overall really solid start here for michael kopak um Matt Foster would come into the game at this point, though, with two on, nobody out. Uh, Martinez uh, hits an RBI single. Sometimes good hitters uh, get theirs, and J.D. Martinez is a good hitter. He got his there. Uh, that may, gets the Red Sox on the board, makes it 4-1. to one. White Sox still lead. Uh, but then Foster uh, would get Bogarts to fly out to deep center. It was close. You know, he hit it really hard, but hey, still take the out. And then uh, Devers pops out, and Gonzalez flies out to end this thing. So that was the only run that would come across for Michael Kopech. As we're talking about him finishing up Michael's Kopech day, because this would close the book on his line here. Um, let's look at a question from Iowa Zach. Did you see enough today for Michael Kopech to pencil him in for more regular starts or stay cautious? Um, I'll let you go ahead and answer that first. And then I have a take on that as well. Got a similar question um, with Buzz last night on, on the pod here, obviously talking about um, Dylan Cease and, and his perspective. I just I don't think that given the innings limit that Michael Kopech is going to be on here in in the 2021 season, we're going to see him shifted into the rotation. I would say probably not till August at the earliest, if it even happens. Um, Steve Stone is pretty adamant that this is something that we're not going to see happen at all in 2021. I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. But if it does happen, I wouldn't anticipate it happening up until August because this team believes that they are going to be playing meaningful baseball games late in September and into October. And they want Michael Kopech to be providing innings during that critical time frame right there. They're not going to be able to do that. And they're not going to be able to have Michael Kopech there in pivotal situations if they insert him into the starting rotation now because of that particular innings limit. So I think the way that they are approaching this right now, utilizing him in a multi-inning reliever type role to allow him to build up some innings here, I think this is really the appropriate approach to take with him. And then, like I said, after the all or excuse me, after the trade deadline, at some point maybe in August here, if if Dylan C still has not um, corrected some of the issues that he has at that point, then I think you have to give real serious consideration to then shifting him with Kopech. Well, I said I had comments, but you basically stole all the words out of my mouth. I agree with you. I think they do have an innings limit in place there uh, that, you know, is kind of uh, known within the organization. But then, you know, we're just kind of left uh, to see him when we do see him out of the pen. And uh, he's been effective in that role. So I'd go back to, you know, putting him there, uh, getting back to, you know, you get through what you only got to cover one start. Um, Lynn doesn't sound like it's too serious. So he should only miss one uh, in this, you know, upcoming stretch of uh, him going on the 10 day IL. Um, I'd go back to the bullpen, keep getting some of those extended relief appearances like you'd mentioned. Uh, 
Uh, and then when it comes to crunch time and you make some decisions later down the line uh, and maybe want some more effective in that role. And if he's earned it, um, I could definitely see that uh, being a thing. But either way, I like the build up for it. And like this is a perfect opportunity to do it uh, in a shortened game here. So kind of, you know, think about it. Sure, he was starting the game. But that's essentially, you know, it's been more two innings, but he could easily have gone three innings in a game so far. There were times where he was taken out before, and we were kind of debating, would you have left Cope back in, yada, yada. So either way, wherever the three innings are coming, you got three of them from him today. So three plus, technically, you know. But either way, uh, to answer Zach's question, yeah, uh, stay a little cautious for now um, and keep him so you can utilize him uh, when you're playing those meaningful games down the stretch of the season. So uh, that wraps up that question. Let's get back to the action here. Uh, White Sox would add on one more in the top of the six. Steve uh, Lurie Garcia with another infield single. Uh, he's the king of those. Uh, and then Andrew Vaughn with a double. Uh, he hit a nice ball uh, opposite way down the line. Uh, Zach Collins walks. Mendick flies out. And then uh, Nikki Madrigal coming through again. Sack fly here. 5-1 White Sox. Robert flew out to end the inning. Uh, probably could add more there too, but that's all right. Uh, that's all the White Sox would need um, after this. You know, after Foster was in, you had Crochet in to clean up uh, just a third of an inning there. Uh, one hit struck out. Uh, There's one out that he needed. Uh, Marshall with a clean inning. And then uh, Liam Hendricks with another save. Or excuse me, not a save today uh, on this one, but another you know, uh, closing out the game. So uh, excellent to see. And uh, for the most part, fairly crisp on the White Sox part, minus the RISP issues that will uh, be talked about. I'm imagining all season <laughs> yeah listen re- really solid really nice to see um matt foster you know have, have a nice bounce back outing he's been knocked around a couple of times here in in the early going so good to see him go out there have a positive outing get through this he obviously did allow the one inherited run to score from from michael kopech but as you mentioned look you're going up against jd martinez a guy who is one of the best and most complete all-around hitters in the game of baseball, and a guy that is scorching hot right now to start the season. So you give up a hit to him in that spot, look, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to him. Um, He was able to rebound off of that and then get through it, not giving up any additional runs right there. So hopefully that's a building block for him. Evan Marshall, again, you know, coughed up a home run uh, yesterday to Marwin Gonzalez. Good to see him have have a nice bounce back outing here. That's, you know, a couple, you know, the last week or so. Evan Marshall's been throwing the ball a lot better here. So it looks like some of the issues in the bullpen here are starting to stabilize a little bit, which I know I was someone that was very much a believer that that was going to happen here. And I think as we look at the pitching overall here, Things have been stabilizing and and getting, I'd say, back to somewhat uh, to some level of normalcy here. And I think that this is a trend that's going to continue here going forward. But just need to see the starters continue here to provide length to um, limit the amount of the outs that the bullpen have to cover. Yep, uh, good points. Uh, I only a couple of supplementary ones. Uh, three runs through 14 innings. I think we'll take that. That's a solid outing for pitching all around, both starters and relievers uh, on this. And then also you talked about Evan Marshall there. Uh, happy birthday to Evan Marshall. On this podcast, we celebrate Evan Marshall's birthday. Love that guy. He's awesome. So um, happy birthday to Evan Marshall. Good to see him uh, work a clean one, especially like you mentioned uh, after giving up uh, the home run yesterday. So um, any final observations for this one? Then we can look forward to the series finale here. No, like I said, this was just a, a nice, crisp, solid day of, of baseball. Uh, going in there, getting two big wins on the road against a team that has been playing well overall. And the White Sox executed and played pretty, pretty good, strong baseball here. And let's hope that this continues. 
Yep, Clint, I uh, love to see a sweep. Uh, you know, only, uh, like I said, the seven inning games, uh, 14 innings, but hey, that's just the way it goes. And I think it's smart uh, to do that, you know, especially helps with making in these rainouts and not having to make a trip to Boston and they play some weird sort of scheduling thing that would eliminate an off day later in the season. So um, White Sox take the that one, uh, that second game, once again, final five to one uh, to complete the Sunday sweep. All right, let's look ahead. We do have an odd uh, four game set in the manner that it uh, finishes on Monday here. And it is also a 10, 10 a.m central time start so a little more standard out there uh you know an early matinee uh, 11 10 out in uh boston but uh it will be nathan Nivaldi for the red sox versus lucas giolito ace back on the rubber for the white Sox here um so uh let's what are you expecting from this one uh evaldi giolito i imagine it's going to be a pretty solid pitching matchup yeah, that's what I'm anticipating. I'm looking for this to be a pretty low-scoring affair overall with two guys that are seemingly locked in to start the season. Nathan Eovaldi has uh, really taken the ball and, and done a very solid job for Boston here in his couple of starts to begin the season. This is a guy that's going to come at you with a very hard fastball right, right from the outset. This is a guy that has top five average fastball velocity. He's going to use that early, and he's going to use that often. So, Hitters got to be dialed up in this one. Uh, got to be prepared for that. And then you're going to use, obviously, a, a nice, hard, complimentary biting slider to, to go along with that to help change eye levels and, and try to keep the bats um, a little bit uh, off from a timing perspective. So hopefully, you know, the guys are, are geared up and ready for that. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. You know, you talk about um, Evolve being a hard thrower uh so uh, that's definitely something to look out for white Sox walked a total of two times today so i'd like to see a little more patience too uh with a guy like that uh maybe you know wait him out a little bit um and you know utilize what you can if you're not uh, able to spray the ball around and you know uh, and string together some hits like you were uh able to today maybe a different story tomorrow you just never know um what the next day is going to bring. So um, I would say that, you know, the White Sox have done a good job for the most part on the year of drawing walks. Um, I'd like to see them get back to a little bit of that uh, as well to supplement themselves with some more base runners here. Um, other than that, Lucas Giolito coming back out, um, you know, really solid, uh, exciting, fun game to watch uh, on his last time out against Shane Bieber, a great pitcher's duel. Um, not the same caliber of starter that you're getting in Ivaldi as Bieber, obviously, uh, but still, uh, nonetheless, uh, going to be another good pitching matchup. Lucas Giolito always seems to find himself in the um, so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just another, you know, uh, pretty what we expect from Lucas Giolito uh, at this point. I mean, he wasn't bad by any means. You know, the White Sox weren't able to score any runs uh, for him. But once again, you know, consider who they were going up against uh, last time out. And uh, I, I think the White Sox should be able to take three or four here. What are your predictions? Yeah, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think the Sox are going to steal one two to one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump the gun here on my pick to click prediction here. I think Luis Robert is going to provide the deciding blow with a late inning home run here. Really nice to see some of the adjustments that he's making early on in this season. Um, he, he's having some really strong at bats really seems to be getting a better sense as far as how opposing pitchers are trying to attack him. And he's looking to take away some of those weaknesses as they're trying to utilize those breaking balls on the outer third of the plate. And we really saw him, go the other way with that today, hitting that hitting that double early on. But he's had several multi-hit games of, of late, and I think he's going to put one over the monster here to decide it tomorrow. 
All right. Yeah. No, I like that one a lot. You know, uh, Luis Robert has been uh, in some flyouts today. That, that seemed to be the thing. Uh, after the White Sox would score some runs, it seemed uh, he was ending the innings uh, with some flyouts or lineouts there. So I like that prediction. Could easily see one going over the monster for uh, Mr. Luis Robert. Um, as for my pick to click uh, in this game, uh, not a whole lot of experience against uh, Ivaldi, uh, but Yohan Mancata is the only one with a hit off of him. So uh, I'm going to go with Yo Yo. I feel like I pick him uh, very frequently here, uh, but I believe in him and I. Uh, I just think that uh, it's only a matter of time uh, before it really, I think today's, uh, you know, instance uh, of the two out RBI single from the right side could, uh, you know, help build some more confidence uh, just, you know, kind of uh, getting that collectively for him going. So uh, I'll go with him in the series finale. Once again, 10, 10 AM start uh, on the East, excuse me, it's central time, 11, 10 out East uh, game will be on NBC sports Chicago. So uh, yeah, a little Monday uh, early morning baseball, love to love baseball anytime, but Hey, that's a good time. Uh, one time you're usually not watching it so um any final thoughts here shout outs and then we can uh, wrap this up just find a way to go out win this ball game tomorrow get three out of four in a tough place to play against a team that that was going hot set the tone and then go into cleveland here let's let's pound out this road trip yeah, absolutely. I'll give a little uh, shout out to um, Brandon Stokes and White Sox Sal uh, today. They, they both asked us asked us if uh, splitting, you know, uh, excuse me, uh, sweeping double headers is cool and tough. And I think our guy Tony Marchese put it best right there. Double header sweeps are indeed cool and tough. I would say double cool and tough. So that's my final thoughts. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, once again, go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at Ontap Sportsnet. Make sure you're going to Grandstand for all of your White Sox merchandise. GrandstandSocks.com to shop online and follow them on social media for more content at Grandstand Socks. That wraps it up for this Sunday Funday edition of Socks on Tap. Good things come in pairs. White Sox pair of winners today in Boston. Steve, Until next time, White Sox forever. White Sox for life.